verse 1. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. I love the New Living Translation. Verse 1, here we go. Paul says, he's talking to Timothy. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to the other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. So Paul's prepping Timothy to go and to start telling people about Jesus, and he's telling them how to do it. In verse 3 it says, Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So he's saying, Timothy, endure the suffering that comes along with it. You're a good soldier for Jesus. Soldiers do not get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. Athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. Hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all of these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. For those of you that don't know, back in Paul's ministry, he was once Saul. He was persecuting Christians left and right, telling them that they needed to be dead, and he was killing Christians, and God changed him on the road to Damascus, and he turned into Paul, long story short, and he started this great ministry for Jesus and started changing people's lives. He would not, but Jesus, but telling people about the good news of Christ. And it got him to the point where he was in prison because he kept telling people about Jesus. So when he says that, I'm suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to, the, to those that God has chosen. This is what verse 11 says. Actually, I'm saving that for you. I'm saving that. It's okay. Second Timothy chapter 2, Paul's talking to Timothy and he's saying, Timothy, do these things. This is how you tell people about Jesus. And just so you know, I got sent to prison for it, but I'll still endure anything that, you, that Jesus asked me to do. So you're Timothy in that moment. You're like, okay, do I actually want to do this still? But I'm telling you, you do. Welcome to season four of the PC Youth Pod. This season, we are kicking it off with back-to-back episodes. This one is called Go from 2 Timothy 2. It isn't always convenient and you don't always feel like it, but God is calling you. So grab your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy 2, and grab something to write with. (sighs) Who's excited to be in youth group tonight? I am. Can I just say what a privilege it is to be able to get up here every so often and share the word of God with you guys? It honestly is very humbling to me, and it's something I don't take lightly. It's not something I take for granted. I feel very blessed to be able to be in a position where I can pour into you guys what God's poured into me. And I just want you to know before I get into the word tonight, everything that I'm about to say tonight is something that God messed with me before. So any word that I, most any word that I preach to you guys is going to be something that God had to go th- work on me first. Um, so with that, I'm going to give you a little bit of concept of where we're going tonight, where the pl- plane's going to take off and where we're going to land. Um, this is a question. Don't just raise it, your hand to answer the question. But if you, got, if you guys could be honest with yourself, how many of you feel like when you walk throughout your day, your everyday life, how many of you feel like Jesus... Not by not by yourself, because obviously if you're a saved Christian, you have Jesus with you. But how many of you feel like when you're walking around in your everyday life, in culture, you see Jesus in a lot of places? Cameron does? 
How many places do you see Jesus like apparently? Like you're walking down the street and there's like a billboard about Jesus. If we're being honest, if we're being honest, Jesus is not very apparent in our everyday lives other than our personal relationship with him, right? So if you raise your hand, you're either confused about the question like Cameron was or you're lying. Because the hard truth is I'm going to go at it tonight. I'm not going to be, I mean, I'm always going to be funny, whatever. I'm going to try my best to be funny. But if we're being honest, God is not known in culture. When I say the word culture tonight, I'm not talking about the church. I'm not talking about um, you growing up in a small group on a Sunday morning. I'm talking about like sin, like the sinful world that we live in because we're a fallen man. That's what I'm talking about when I say culture. Um, so it's been made clear that we live in a world where it's not normal to live like Jesus. Am I right? Can we build some common ground before I get started tonight? We've seen that firsthand, I think, as I've kind of been praying over the fact. Who thinks we had a great summer camp? Me? Am I the only one? I thought summer camp, I mean, I was stressed a lot of the time. It was a lot to make happen, but summer camp was dope. Like, I'm serious. Summer camp was the best. And you guys were all, anyone that was there, I hope would agree with me. Not for my ego, but for the for Jesus. Jesus made summer camp awesome. And I think the fact that summer camp was so radically different than anything else we experience is actual proof that our normal lives are not filled with Jesus. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but the fact that we are away for a few days secluded and all we could think about was Jesus and how amazing it was, and then we get back and life hits. The fact that summer camp was so drastic, those two things, our culture and camp, the fact that those are so two different things, that's proof to me at least that Jesus is not apparent in, in our everyday lives. There's a constant fight between good and evil. Every single day, I know I'm this way at least, there's moments that the devil can put in front of you where if you step into that moment or step into that temptation, that your life could be altered drastically in one chain, in one thing, one one decision from the enemy can can drastically change your life. Can you agree? Yeah. Pastor Aaron and I say it a lot. Me and him, he, he wouldn't mind me saying this, me and him are both dumb enough to mess up our life in one one choice. And I think, I'm just like, like I said, I'm going to be real tonight. I think all of us are capable of that without Jesus. But with Jesus, with Jesus, let's make a distinction here. Without Jesus, we're all dumb, right? With Jesus, he gives us the strength to go about our day and to discern between decisions that we make, discern between things we're going to watch, things we're going to look at, things we're going to listen to. With Jesus, I think we're less dumb, right? So for those of you that went to camp, um, a common thing that we were kind of fighting through and going through and feeling called about is the fact that camp was amazing and we want everyone else to experience that same God moment that we had at camp, but we want to experience it all the time, right? Some of us weren't able to go to camp for whatever reason. I did my best to get on you guys to go, <laughs> but for whatever reason, some of you couldn't go and you didn't get to experience that. But I've been praying ever since camp that camp wouldn't be like the the goal of like a God moment. Like God moved at camp, right? We agree. But I've been praying ever since then that like the the way God moved at camp isn't like the goal. I pray that's like where we're at now and that's where we're going farther from there. So our goal with that is we've been talking about a lot is to reach the lost. There's a lot of people, like I said, that 
haven't had those types of encounters with God where they're really rocked and God's revealing things to them. So if we live in a, in a world that's fallen, where culture is completely separate from what we're hearing here on a Wednesday or a Sunday, then it's hard to reach the lost. I'm just saying that. I'm telling you straight up. I want to tell you on a little story. This is the way the night's going to go. I'm giving you context right now. I'm going to tell you a story. Then I'm going to get into the word, take the plane off, and we're going to land, and it's going to be good. But I want to tell you guys a story. Um, some of you actually may have known me while I was in high school. I know my brother and his girlfriend, Emma, and a lot of people in here probably knew me in high school. Um, I want to preface this with saying anything I'm about to tell you is not out of arrogance, just to show you how, but it's just to show you how dumb I was. So in high school, I, I've shared this with a lot of you a few times, um, but I played football, I played basketball, I ran track, I did all the, the jock things in high school. Um, it was important to me to be well-liked. It was important for me to be popular. It was important for me to get what I wanted. Um, and I think because I'm a motivated person, uh, this was not anything that Jesus did, but because I'm a motivated person, I, can, I guess I kind of got what I wanted, and I was those things. I guess you could say I was popular. I guess you could say... Um, I was good at football, and I, like I said, I'm not saying this out of arrogance, just to show you the, the ramifications about my choices. Um, so if we land there, if we all agree on that, I had a platform, and I, as I'm looking back on my life um, now, not even a few, only three years later, as I'm looking back on my high school self, I'm like, you wasted four years of your life, because... As a football player, basketball player, as a someone that a lot of people knew in high school, I had the best opportunity in a 1,500-person high school in Silverton High School, not that far away. I think I knew, and I, I pray that you hear my heart in this, I, I think that I knew almost everybody in that high school, and I can't remember one time, I'm just being real, I can't remember one time where I took a stand for Jesus. And I grew up in this church. I grew up coming to this youth group. Um, and I was a strong believer. I believed God my whole life. I've never had like a dramatic walk away from Jesus where I don't believe in him. I've always believed in Jesus. I've always been in a strong relationship with him. But I did... Dang, this is like working me up a little bit. I never took stands for him when I could have. And as I was praying on this message, God just rocked me when I was writing this message. I was like, I wasted four years, like, I couldn't help but imagine if I actually made known to people that I love Jesus, how many, I'm not just saying this for, like I said, for arrogant fact, arrogance fact, but if I made known that I love Jesus, how many people would have been touched by God, not by me, but by God because of the, of my proclamation for him. And it just, it can't help but break me, it's breaking me again right now as I'm telling you about it. But I felt like I had this, looking back, I had this opportunity to, to tell people about Jesus, to show how good he is and that he'll save them and that there's victory in him and that we don't have to be a part of this fallen world and there's hope in Jesus. And I did none of those things. So as we built a little bit of context, I want to take you to Second Timothy 2. I'm going to drink some water because the cats are coming again. Now that you know a little background, and I'm going to calm down a little bit, know that. Know that we're in a fallen world. Know that our goal is to reach the lost. As a pastor now, as 
someone who's here every day, as someone who has kind of been given a leadership role of this youth group, my goal is to reach the lost. My goal is to have nobody walk in here and not hear the good news of Jesus. So if we live in a fallen world, our goal is to reach the lost. And you know that I did not do that. Now we can take off on the plane. You heard all the rules. Second Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to tease ahead a little bit. This is, a, this is Paul talking in this chapter of 2 Timothy. This is one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. Paul is talking and he's comparing living for Jesus to being a soldier. Living for Jesus to being a soldier. And you may say, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, the reason Paul does this in 2 Timothy chapter 2 is because to be a believer of Jesus, to be someone who follows Christ, it's apparent, like I said, that that's not the popular thing to do. In a world where where we're getting flooded with all of these very, very sinful things, it's not popular to stand up for Jesus. So Paul addresses this, what I've talked about already in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Paul compares living for Jesus to being a soldier because he is saying that we will have to fight, we will have to endure hardship, and it will be a battle for us to stay grounded in Jesus amidst the crumbling world around us. Like I said, this message is serious. I'm kind of going to go at it. I'm going at myself already. But at the same time, I don't want you to realize or forget the fact that it's also encouraging. So as we kind of jump off of this, know that. Know that it's going to be a serious. I'm not going to be... I'm not going to pull back any punches. I'm going to be real a little bit. But also know there's a big encouragement in what Paul has to say to us tonight. Can you think back to that day when you first fell in love with Jesus? Just do it for me. Just think about it in your head. When you first accepted him into your life, when you took on that role of a soldier. Think about it. And maybe for some of you in here, you've never accepted Jesus into your life yet. Uh, You walked in here because your friend drug you here. I know that's a common thing to say. But you've never had that encounter with him. And I'm believing right now, if that's you, then tonight's your night. And I really don't want you to miss out on what Paul has to say to us. So think back to that as I launch on to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Think about that moment when you first gave your life to Christ. I think I was five years old in kids' church here. And I was like, yeah! Like, you know that, you do that thing. Raise your hand! I'm like, okay. It was actually funny. When I got baptized, I got baptized after God kind of changed me in middle school. And they asked me, when did you accept Jesus into your life? And I was like, I don't remember, because I was just a little. I'm going to read from you 2 Timothy chapter 2, right? So if you have your Bible, who has it? Dude, I'm getting impressed with you guys. Okay. Verse 1. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. I love the New Living Translation. Verse 1. Here we go. Paul says, he's talking to Timothy. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to the other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. So Paul's prepping Timothy to go and to start telling people about Jesus, and he's telling him how to do it. In verse 3 it says, Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So he's saying, Timothy... Endure the suffering that comes along with it. You're a good soldier for Jesus. Soldiers do not get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. Athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. Hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all of these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. 
And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. For those of you that don't know, back in Paul's ministry, he was once Saul. He was persecuting Christians left and right, telling them that they needed to be dead, and he was killing Christians, and God changed him on the road to Damascus, and he turned into Paul, long story short, and he started this great ministry for Jesus and started changing people's lives. He'd not, but Jesus, but telling people about the good news of Christ. And it got him to the point where he was in prison because he kept telling people about Jesus. So when he says that, I'm suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to the, to those that God has chosen. This is what verse 11 says. Actually, I'm saving that for you. I'm saving that. It's okay. Second Timothy chapter 2, Paul's talking to Timothy and he's saying, Timothy, do these things. This is how you tell people about Jesus. And just so you know, I got sent to prison for it, but I'll still endure anything that you, that Jesus asked me to do. So you're Timothy in that moment. You're like, okay. Do I actually want to do this still? But I'm telling you, you do. Paul doesn't say in this in this passage of scripture, say, yeah, it's going to be convenient. Go t- tell people about Jesus. It's really easy. It's so easy. Like, there's no hur- hurdles along the way. You got it, dude. Like, everybody should do this. It doesn't say, when you feel like it, tell people about Jesus. When it's really easy for you to do, when it's kind of fits into your schedule, go do it. No, no. Paul, in Second Timothy chapter 2, lays it all out. He says it very simply. Tell people that Jesus rose from the dead, that he is their savior. He also isn't fake with them either, though. He says, you're going to endure hardship. It's not going to be an easy thing to do. You're going to come to trials. I'm in prison, literally, as we speak, as I'm telling you this. And I'm still willing to keep telling people about Jesus. So let that settle a little bit. If Paul... This is what rocked me when I was writing this. If Paul was willing to be chained like a criminal for telling people about Jesus, he wasn't like a criminal. In that time, he was a criminal. He was chained in prison because it was against the law to tell people about the good Lord. If Paul was in prison for telling people about Jesus, then there is nothing that should hold me back from looking different and being a Christian in my school. Not just in my school, but there's nothing that should hold me back for looking different about telling people about Jesus. I don't know about you, but I don't walk into Chipotle very often and people are like, hey, who knows about Jesus in this room? Like, that's not a normal thing, but I'm willing to do it. If Paul's chained, I'll do that. People all over this world are literally being persecuted and killed. Killed. Don't, 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 don't miss me on that. They're being killed for their belief in Jesus. So I'm just being real. I'm being real with you. I don't care if it's inconvenient for us to, to tell someone about Jesus. I don't care. I will be a soldier. I don't know if you guys, I'm not going to make this a big political thing, but I don't know if you guys know what's happening in Af- Afghanistan right now. And as I talk about this, I'm going to get emotional again because I was broken this week. People in Afghanistan, Afghanistan has been taken over by the Taliban, which is not a good pe- which are not good people. And I heard a report that the, Af- the Taliban said, Christians, churches, we know who you are and we're coming for you next. And I heard reports saying that the Christians in that country of Afghanistan, Christian missionaries, there's great revival in Afghanistan. So many Christians giving their life to Christ. So many, like one of the largest growing churches in that country. Christians in that, in that country of Afghanistan said they think they have two weeks left to live. 
It's going to take the Taliban two weeks to go through all of them and kill them. If people in Afghanistan, don't miss me, if people in Afghanistan are still willing to say, I love Jesus and I don't care who knows it, and they're going to die for it, dude, I don't care if I'm in Chipotle yelling, who knows Jesus? Come on. Like Like I told you, I try to be funny every once in a while and it probably doesn't work out that well, but today I'm going to be real. Like, it doesn't matter to me that, and this is why I'm, I was broken telling me about my story earlier, because when I was in high school, I was so caught up in being the best football player on the team, the best basketball player on the team, the best track and field athlete, the whatever, whatever, that I didn't think about that. I wasn't in my Bible enough to know that this is what Timothy was hearing from Paul. I didn't think about the fact that people are literally dying for their faith and I'm over here just trying to, what? I didn't tell anyone about Jesus for four years. And yeah, I'm a Christian. People ask you like, oh, where, do you go to church? Yeah. Do I act like it though? So when I was telling you my a little bit part of my story, I'm like breaking again because I know where I was about to go with this. <sighs> Wherever the church is persecuted in Afghanistan... That is where God moves stronger. So don't be discouraged when what I'm saying. I still believe that there's going to be massive revival in Afghanistan. God is coming down right now, and he's going to touch that country. So wherever the church is persecuted, when Paul was persecuted for telling people about Jesus and being in prison, later on, he's singing worship to God, like, God, I still love you, like, I know I'm enchained, and I'm in jail right now, and the chains fell off. So just because... Christians are being persecuted doesn't mean God's going to stop moving. I believe that those people in Afghanistan, those Christians, those missionaries, anybody that knows that Jesus Christ is their Lord, they will be saved. So don't miss me on that. But I also want you to know that amidst a crumbling world, a dark world, God gives us gives us fresh strength. This is my point tonight. God will give you fresh strength in a weak and dying world. It doesn't matter where you're at. You can be in high school like I was. You can be Paul in prison. You can be Afghanistan. I want the strength that the people in Afghanistan have. I want to be able to be in a place where I can be like, come kill me. Like, I know that sounds weird, but like, I'm with Jesus and I don't care. You're going to have to go through me to get to him. I'm not denying him ever. I want that strength. And that's how thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people in Afghanistan are feeling. So you might come to a place where you're like, yeah, Spencer, that sounds all good and dandy. Like, yeah, you messed up in high school. I'm pretty good. Like, I got it covered. And maybe you do. I really hope you do. I really hope you do. Because I didn't. I don't want you to be in the same place I was. But you might say to me right now, yeah, Spencer, I got it good. I mean, I, every once in a while I'll tell someone about Jesus and they listen to me and it's, it's a good thing. Or you might say, oh, I've tried it. I do my best, but it doesn't work. Or, our world is so lost, there's no hope for it. Like, there's no way people are going to be saved. Like, I'm the only Christian left in my school. Or you might be saying, Oh, I'm only supposed to tell people about Jesus if I feel called to ministry. Like, oh, my friend, he's, he knows he's supposed to be a pastor, so he'll tell, tell people about Jesus for me. I'm good. I can go just chill. That's, that was my mindset. Other people will do it. Well, if you walk into Silverton High School right now, I'm just being real again. You're not going to see very much Jesus in that building. And I know a lot of people here go to go to Silverton High School. 
And that's why I'm broken right now because I could have been, even if it was a small difference, I wish I would have been that push. This is my response to those things that you're telling me right now. Because I know you're not going to say it out loud, but you're thinking it. Our world may be lost, but Jesus is coming back again and he's going to save this fallen world. Like that's, that's it. It's not like Jesus died on the cross for us, rose again, conquered death, ascended into heaven. It's, he's like, okay, you got it, figure it out. No, he's coming back one day and he will save his people. There will be judgment. Don't get me wrong. You're going to have to account for every one of your sins that that you've committed, but God washes them. He died for you on the cross so you can be set free. I also tell you that the Bible says we are all called to tell people about the good news of Jesus, and it doesn't mean you just have to be in ministry to do so. Nowhere in this book does it say, if you feel called to be a pastor, tell people about me. Oh, if it's easy to tell people about me, do it. No, it says go into the world, all of it. Afghanistan, McNary High School, Sprague, Silverton, Judson, any middle school, high school in in this city, in this world, go and tell them. Because I know, I'm pretending like I'm Jesus right now, talking as if I'm him. I'm not. But if I'm Jesus, I'm saying, I know that you guys can't do it without me. So go tell them, please. And I don't think it's a command from Jesus. Like it is, we need to listen to him. But I think it's more of a cry of desperation, like please go. Because you don't know how bad it will be without me. So for all that pushback in you had in your head, I hear I hope you're hearing me. Oh, I need more water. So this is this is a point where we're kind of in the air on the plane. If you don't get my analogy of the plane, it means like we're taking off on the plane. That's the beginning of my message. In the air is like we're in the middle of the message, and then land is where we're going to land. If we're kind of in the in the air right now, and this is where I'm going to ask you to take action. One question I would ask you right now. Why would you be like me and settle for a popularity contest? With everything I just told you, I'm not trying to call you out even though I am. Why in any, why would you worry about what girl or boy thinks about in the hallway when they walk by? I was so caught up in what people thought about me. Oh man. If someone would say, Spencer, your shoes look weird, I would freak out. Who cares what my shoes look like? Scuff them up. But in high school, or whenever I was caught up in myself, that would like ruin my day. Like someone once told me, hey, Spencer, I think you kind of have a lisp. And I think I do, actually. But they, they were like, you have a lisp. And I was like, no, I don't. And for like five periods of my day, I wasted my day saying, guys, guys, do I have a lisp? Like, please be honest with me. Do I have a lisp? And I'm like, I think I actually have one. As I'm like starting to ask these people, and they're like, yeah, you do. And I'm like, what? That ruined my day for like a week. I was so caught up on what people thought about me and that I would be weird to have a lisp. I think a lot of us have lisps, little like that, you know? A lot of us have that. We just don't ever call people out on it. But the fact that I got called out, I cared to be like, okay, if anybody says it again, like, that's dumb. Don't settle for that. Don't be that guy like I was, please. 
Don't try to fit in. Don't worry about what person's watching you when you're scoring a touchdown. Like, nobody cares. Like, I'm not playing football anymore. I wanted to play my whole life, and I'm still not. And I'm not saying some of you aren't called to play football because I think that's a real ministry. But it can't consume you. Things of this world cannot consume us. Jesus can, but he's not from this world. He was sent here to save it. Embrace, I don't know if I have this highlighted. Embrace the separation. I I have it, look. When I say separation, I mean separation from culture. Embrace the fact that you're going to walk down a, a hallway and someone's going to be like, oh, that person's a Christian. Don't hang out with them. No, no, no. Take that as an opportunity to hear that person and be like, hey, come to church with me. Come on. Like there's people in our schools. There's people in our everyday lives. And I'm not discounting the fact that a lot of you feel called to this because I know a lot of you do. We got back from camp and a lot of you said, Spencer, I want to go into my school and I want to tell people about Jesus. But I also know that the enemy goes at you when you take on a responsibility like that. So I'm trying to reconfirm right now in this moment the fact that you guys feel called. Some of you do. Some of you are starting to feel called. But you all need to know that Jesus, has, you have victory with him to do this. So take that opportunity of someone making fun of you because you go to church to invite them here. And I'm not saying that so our youth group can get huge. I think that'd be cool. But I don't care about numbers sake. I care about souls for heaven. I don't care about how many people sit in this room. I don't care about people, how many people sit in this room so I can tell Pastor Tom, hey, we have 300 people in our youth group. I do not care. I would care way more if someone came to me and said, Spencer, 300 people in your youth group are living for Jesus and they're telling people more about him. Come on. Embrace the separation. And I'm adding this point right now. And forget about arrogance. It can't be an arrogance thing. It can't. It doesn't work. Any pride, self-desire, any of that has to go. I'm sorry. But the only reason I'm telling you that is because I wish someone would have told me way long ago. I wish that I would have walked into Silverton High School my freshman year and been like, hey, Jesus is dope, and been the weird dude. That would have been the best. Because really, I don't remember a lot of people that I went to high school with. I think I talked to like four people. It's not going to matter. But Jesus does. And how much cooler would it be to have relationships that you built up with people that you go to school with years down the road that say, hey, remember like five years ago when we, when we invited all those people to church and they all got saved and now we're all hanging out? That would be way cooler than not talking to anybody from your high school. I'm just saying. Who cares about popularity? This is the question right here. Who cares about popularity? Anyone in here? And I know none of you are going to raise your hands because I'm calling it out. But let me tell you, Jesus did not care about popularity. No way. He was not, God did not send him on this earth to be like the cool guy. He didn't come to die on a cross to win a popularity contest. No way. That's not what happened. So what I'm asking you to do is go. Go and be a good soldier for Jesus. I love that analogy that that Paul makes in this scripture. A good soldier for Christ. Because a soldier 
doesn't just go. And I'm not saying there's not preparation involved because a soldier doesn't get sent to Afghanistan. An American soldier doesn't get sent to Afghanistan without any preparation. I'm talking about the ones that are actually fighting for our country. They didn't go to be sent to Afghanistan with no preparation. No, it takes preparation. It takes getting into the word, figuring out what, what this word says, letting it shape you, letting it mold you, letting it lead you into battle because being a soldier, there's battle. And I hate to tell you, it's not, it's not fun to hear, but being a Christian isn't an easy thing. Standing up for Jesus isn't an easy thing. But when you use this handbook, this tool right here, it makes it way more fun and way more easy. Because you know the weapon you have to take into battle with you. Go, go and be a soldier for Jesus. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. We're about to land the plane. I want to read verses 11 and 13 through 13 to you. And please listen. Turn there if you still have your Bible open. Paul says to Timothy, at the middle of this scripture, in, the chapter, in verse 11, he says, This is a trustworthy saying. saying. That basically means this saying will always be true. It's trustworthy. It's not going to change. This is a trustworthy saying, Paul says. If we die with him, we will also live with him. I think Paul's using that as an analogy to say, if we die because of our faith for Jesus, we will still live with him because we have eternity with him. He says, if we endure hardship, we will reign with him. God isn't saying, go endure. Paul isn't saying in this moment, go endure hardship and you're not going to be rewarded for it. No, we're going to endure hardship for our faith. But do you know what happens on the other side of eternity? Has anyone thought about what heaven looks like to them? We can't imagine it. If we deny him, he will also deny us. So like again, Paul's not being fake with Timothy here. If you deny Jesus, he will deny you. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he can he cannot deny who he is. I don't want to read that part of you as a downer. It's actually an encouragement. Think about that time, like I asked you before, when you first accepted Jesus into your life. And if you haven't yet, I'm going to give you an opportunity in a little bit. But think about that moment. And for, for some of you, you're thinking about it being in the next few minutes. But think about it and say... Jesus, was I willing to, to accept that soldier role when I said yes to you? If I'm being very honest with myself, was I willing to say, okay, I accept you into my life and I'm willing to be a soldier for you? Answer that to yourself honestly. You don't have to tell anybody. But think about that. Did you say yes to soldier? through 13 again if we die with him we will also live with him if we endure hardship we will reign with him if we deny him he will deny us if we are faithful he is still faithful if we are unfaithful he is still faithful and he cannot deny who he is look at this sermon graphic Casey if you can go back to it just go to the blank one I don't know if you have it see that guy where does he look like he's headed anywhere good that looks terrifying to me. Like I was scrolling through sermon graphics earlier and I was like, that is terrifying. But I thought about it. It doesn't look like he's heading to anything good. Not at all. But let me tell you, this world isn't heading into anything good either. Our world is heading in that direction. 
but, but, there's always a but, but imagine if God sent an army to walk that same direction with him. Who knows what could be on the other side? Right now, by himself, it's like that guy's doomed. There's probably lions, anything over there. But with an army, he'll he'll be fine. With soldiers, that guy, that could be one soldier. But with a group of soldiers, that shadow and fog doesn't look as scary, does it? That's why this this world that we're living in needs this room. It needs this generation. It needs this youth group. It needs young people all across this country, all across this world to rise up and be like, I'm walking into the fog. Walk into the fog with me because I didn't do it. I'm trying my best now, but beat me by a few years and walk into the fog tomorrow. Be a soldier and don't back down to what this world tries to tell you what you are because I'm willing to bet it's probably a lie. You weren't, you're not here by accident. You're not, you're not a failure. You're not, you're not a nobody. You're not anything that this world is trying to tell you you are. You're what Jesus tells you you are. And that is a child of the Son of God. The God's son and daughter. Imagine that. Like we have our earthly father and our earthly mother. God is our heavenly father. It's a kind of a common saying. But God, my heavenly father, like, I'll go with him. Heaven, you are not what this world says you are. And you might say, Spencer, that's scary. I don't know how to do it by myself. I go to a big high school. I'm I'm doomed by myself, just like that guy. Well, this is what I'd say to you. Go down to verse 22. Paul says in verse 22, Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts, So anything that's bad, run from it. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace, and enjoy, this is the best part, because you're not doing it by yourself. You're not doing it by yourself. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. What Paul's saying is, you don't have to do it by yourself, but do all of these things. Pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace, and do it with other people that love Jesus too. That is so fire to me. That's Pastor Aaron's life verse. And as I was writing this message, I think I claimed it as mine too. Do it with people that love Jesus too. Doing nothing by yourself is no fun anyways. I'm going to say it again. Pursue righteous living, which is good, doing good things. Pursue faithfulness, love, and peace, and enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Enjoy it. It's not a burden. Imagine, I, oh man, I'm going to be honest. It's been so fun to step into this new, I guess I get to call it job, and just surround myself with people that want the same outcome as me. All of the leaders in this room, all of them, want each and every single one of you and everybody you know to end up in heaven with them. That is a sick goal. And I don't think it's just a goal. It's something that can happen. But I love surrounding myself with people that think that exact same way. Because for a long time, I didn't. I had terrible friends. Actually, they're not terrible. They're all good people. They're all made by Jesus and God. But together, we didn't do anything that was, again, 
I lost it. Together we didn't do anything that was righteous, living, faithful, loving, or peaceful. Drinking alcohol with 30 people is not righteous, living, peaceful, fun, or none, that's not fun. That's not what Jesus called us to do. It's way more fun for me to stand in an office for 12 hours and be like, how are we going to get the next kid to love Jesus? That's fire. So don't let me, don't let the leaders be the only ones that are doing that. Surround yourself with, with 10 people that are be like, all right, we know that kid, he's on our football team and he's doomed. Like all he does is smoke weed and, and drink alcohol. We get, we got to get him to come to church because we know Jesus is going to meet him where he is. Come on. I wish I would have done that. Oh man, I wish I would have done that. But do you know what the reason I didn't? The reason I did not do that is because I didn't accept the, the call of soldier on my life. I accepted, oh yeah, I'll be a Christian. But I'm not going to make it difficult. It's not going to be inconvenient for me. I'll be a Christian when I want to. No, do not listen to those words. Be a Christian when it's the most inconvenient. Because that's when the best things happen. It was really inconvenient, this group right here. It was really inconvenient for me to hound you guys for weeks to get to come to camp. Like, Isaiah, where are you? I asked you for like five weeks, dude. Like, you're coming to camp and you're like, no, I'm going to Vegas. You came to camp and you met Jesus. Come on, that's one person. Come on. This last verse is encouragement. Go back up to verse 19. God's truth stands firm like a foundational stone with this inscription. This is what it says on the stone. The Lord knows those who are his and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. All of them. Turn away from it. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not that much older than you, so I know exactly what every single one of you is facing. Our generation, I think I'm still the same generation as you. Our generation is faced with the most, the most sin of any ever, other generation ever. So I'm not telling you that it's a cakewalk because I was it. I faced it. But please, I'm begging with you for my own sake because I don't want someone to come to me in three years and say, Spencer, I didn't listen. I did the exact same thing you did. So please, Turn away from all evil that you see. Any evil that's tried to be forced on you, turn away from it. I'm not telling you that. I have no motive here. There's nothing for me to gain, for me personally to gain, for you to turn away from evil. The only thing you have to gain is a righteous life for Jesus. I have nothing to gain. So you might be sitting here, why do you keep begging me for this? I don't know, dude. I just know that everyone in this room needs Jesus. I'm talking to myself. I preached this sermon to myself when I was writing it. This is what I want you to do. I told you a few times, if if you're in this room and you were a little bit confused when you walked in and there's new people here and you're like, okay, I'll meet a few new people, but I'm afraid. And and if, if, if you walked in here and you don't know, if you don't know that you know that you know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you will spend eternity with him I'm going to give you an opportunity to do so the Bible says that anyone who confesses with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord they will be saved 
And when, it's, when the Bible says saved, it's talking about being saved from the world that we're living in. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay here forever. It's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse by the day. You don't have to go very far to find out like, oh man, this is bad. So I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay here. But I also know that hell is probably way worse than it is right than the earth is. So I definitely don't want to go there and I don't want you to go there either. So if that's you and you know that you need to be saved from your sins, we all have sinned. We all shall fall short of the glory of God. But if that's you and you know that you need to be saved from your sins and you want to spend eternity with Jesus Christ, every head bowed, every eye closed right now. Don't look around, please. Everybody bow their head and close their eyes. If that's you and you know, Spencer, I've never even met you yet. I'll meet you after. But if you haven't... If you know that you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and you're headed for destruction and you want to be saved from it, I'm telling you right now that Jesus can save you and you just need to slip up your hand so I can see it and pray for you. I just want to pray with you. No one's looking at you. It's not a popularity contest. Everybody did it once. I don't want to beg. Raise your hand higher so I can see it, please. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, can you can put your hand down. I'm going to go there next. I want to pray with you. If you just raise your hand, <laughs> I am so excited for you. You have no idea how much joy I have in my heart and everybody else in this room has for your heart, for in their hearts. Because that means one less person is going to hell and one more person is going to heaven. Right? So this is what we're going to do. If if you pray that prayer, pray it deeply in your soul. Or if you raise your hand, we're going to pray in a second and pray it deeply in your soul. But also just for, for all of our sakes, we're going to pray it together. Every head bowed, bed at, oh my goodness. Every head bowed, every eye closed, say this with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that you're the son of God that you came to save me from my sins that without you I'm nothing Jesus I accept you into my heart I pray that you lead me to be bold lead me to be strong and lead me to chase after you every single day of my life my life is yours so excited for eternity with you. Amen. There's another group in here. And some of you are probably annoyed with me at this point. But there's some of you in here that that need to, to step out. Some of you in here that there was only a few people that raised their hands. So I'm assuming the other people in here are saved. They love Jesus. They believe Jesus Christ is their Lord. So there's some of you in here that have already prayed that prayer of salvation like those other people did and said, Jesus, I love you. You have my life. But those people, that was their first time. There's some of you in here that have already done that. And think back to that moment, like I asked you earlier, when you first prayed that prayer. Think back to it right now. Some of you are thinking back to that prayer and either you prayed that you would be a soldier for Jesus and you didn't do it, or some of you didn't even realize you were taking on the the role of a soldier. So whether you've, 
wanted to be a soldier and you haven't, or you didn't know you were supposed to be a soldier and you need to, I just feel led right now, please don't worry about popularity when I ask you this question. It's not worth it. So some of you in here need to, you want to be prayed for to step out, no longer be part of culture, and pray to be a soldier. If that's you and you want prayer for that, I want you to stand to your feet right now and join me up here. I'm the first one. Why don't we all stand to our feet, and if that's you, please join me up here. You want to be prayed for to be a soldier for Jesus. encourage you guys, and it's not going to sound encouraging, but it is. I want to encourage you to to know that it's not easy, and if it was, I would have done it, and everybody else would have, but I want to encourage you to know that Jesus is going to go with you, he's going to walk with you, he's going to lead you into situations you didn't know you could be led into, and he's going to give you the power, the strength, and the, the endurance to overcome any tribulation that you face, to be a soldier for him. Be encouraged by that. And we're about to sing in just a minute, a minute, and I'm going to try to walk around and pray for all of you, all of you as I can. To stay caught up with us as a youth ministry, go to PC Youth Salem on Instagram and YouTube. And join us Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific time for our live stream. Have a great week.